Restrictions Welcome apply. to another edition of The War Welcome Room here on KOKC Radio. Be I'm your host, Sean Fry. No guest this back. week. It was going to be well, a football coach in the area, but with so many games pocket. in Southeast well, Kansas facing lightning car, delays, home, and every day had to resume or either over the weekend or they're resuming Monday when the show Welcome comes out. I decided, hey, let the guy let the guy focus on his team. A lot of teams facing either short weeks or weird weeks with all the lightning. It was certainly a circus on my end trying to get everything done on Friday. Friday night deadline at the Parson Sun. Uh, so it's adopted, just going to be me today. Like I've got a, uh, I've got a few like things I want to talk about. And let's talk about football don't want you. right off You're the rim. Football stuff. season is back. If I wanted to be adopted, and I saw myself at uh, Lebec County on Friday like, night. I was down in Alpamont to watch them play Pittsburgh. Lebec County lost to Pittsburgh 28 to nothing. That game was called at halftime. Due to, a, due to a light, due to just increasing lightning delays, the lightning house. delay hit right as the game really got to halftime, and both there. coaches and administrations eventually got together after several delays. It was around 9:30 in the, at night like, when they came I together and said, "All right, we're going to call this game and not reschedule it." Uh, big thought process there. After talking with Sean Price, was that it's the first game of the year, it's not a district game. We can't keep sending the kids back out to try to finish the game at night, or and there's no reason to bring them in here on Monday for a short week. So they called the game at halftime. Probably a smart adoption. move there. You I'm on Lebec County side. Kendall Holtzman made his debut at quarterback, a sophomore, uh, and he looked he good had, at times. He looked like he was. It looked like that Lebec County is willing to spread the offense out a little a more. And I think that's what Sean Dad, Price likes. He likes an air raid style. It looks like that's the kind of style hey, honey, that Lebec County's going to roll with this year. But the, but he's still young, one, he's still growing, you and Holtzman's certainly a work in progress. Sure safe, uh, but it seemed the but potential was there. I'll be interested to see what they look like when they face their four A peers. They've got Winfield uh, this week again. Another game in Altamont. It'll be interesting to see what they look like. The game I will be heading to Monday, the day this episode airs, is Parsons versus Anderson County. Parsons leading Anderson County seven to nothing with just over three minutes left in the first quarter. Before that. That game got hit with a lightning delay at Marble Park, and that game was forced. It ended up being paused for the night, and it will be resumed Monday night, 5 five o'clock at Marble Park, no admission, and Parsons holds possession of the ball at midfield. Jamarion Washington was had a touchdown run to the Vikings. That is how they hit the scoreboard, and Anderson County, their offense struggling against a much improved Parsons defense from what I watched. They have not registered a first down yet. The Vikings looking good in their first First three nine minutes of action. We'll see if that holds over, over the uh, throughout the rest of the game, and we will find out Monday. But, but Jeff Shivey, head coach that. of the Vikings, and certainly has to be you. happy with what United his team looked like coming out of the gates against an Anderson County team that blew them out a year ago. So make a pledge. One game that was particularly interesting to me was Erie Cherryville. Erie Erie wins that game over Cherryville, sixteen to fifteen. Those are Tri Valley League. Rivals, the uh, but they're in different districts, different classifications. Erie is 2A, Cherry Bell is 3A. But I, I knew that game would be competitive. Erie is a team that's ticking upwards a little bit, but they're still down in Cherry Bell. They have an uphill battle to be as diplomatic as possible. Uh, facing this year, especially just when you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, uh, with teaching was at the top of your list. And Galena and Caney Valley, and, and then you throw back teaching in there as well. Uh, Erie defeating Cherryville 16 to 15. That game had three separate lightning delays and a power outage. The lights went out at one point of that game, and they still finished it Friday night. It wasn't until 
well in every time o'clock, the bell rings. closer to midnight when that game finally ended. Ever heard Erie of getting a close win over Chemistry? Terryville, 16 to 15. And that? one of the biggest Teachers regional results, Frontenac beating out Finding Columbus 20 to nothing on a game that never got started on Friday night. Lightning just prevented that game, one of the highest anticipated games in the state from ever kicking off. So they kicked it off Saturday morning at 9.30. How about that? Some kegs and eggs and high school football. What a great atmosphere. Going around the area, looking at some other sports. Labette Community College Volleyball, the Cardinals, they had an interesting, interesting result to say the least. In their home opener, they're starting their home season at Parsons High School. I'll take that every year. That gym is air conditioned in the Labette Community College gym is not air conditioned, at least not right now. It's supposed to be when it's renovated and all finished up and and they finish up their expansion of their facilities there. But they lose 3-0 to number 18 Highland. They pushed Highland to 29-27 in the first set. They were up 20-14 in that first set. Again, and I've said it on this air before and I've written about it in the Parsons Sun the Bet Volleyball looking like an improved team this year. And that seemed to show through about the first three-fourths of that first set. They're leading 2014 over to number 18 team in the country. Highland always a threat in the Jayhawk Conference. Highland comes back to win that set 29-27, but get a load of this and how these second two sets went. Highland wins 25 to 5 and 25 to 2. That was just, it's just a drop from what Labette had been doing, not only up to that, through that whole season at that point, but through the first, you know, 20 minutes of that match. And... You know, you score seven points in two sets after feeling like you have some upward momentum. They've already won three matches this year. That matches the combined total of the previous two seasons. So already this team, is, is this team if they don't win another match the rest of the way, we're going to say they, they saw improvement. But it's still going to be. But I know the head, the coaching staff over there, Haley Miller, Deere, and Kelly, they are, they are scratching their heads figuring out what went wrong in that match. Highlands heat off, and they've got to be facing a bit of an identity crisis. And we're gonna, they, they play Ottawa JV on Monday um, on the road. That was a team they lost to in five sets at a Highland tournament over the weekend, or the previous weekend. If they can get a win there, you know, that maybe that course corrects some things. But Labette Volleyball, after some, some early momentum, feeling a little good about yourself, knowing that you guys, they, they pushed Fort Scott to five sets, a match they should have won. They pushed Fort Scott to five sets in their conference opener. They go... And they haven't uh, beaten Fort Scott Bucky, set since 2013. Do not get it wrong. This Labette volleyball team is much improved. They are an improved team right now. But if they want to start scratching the surface of what I really believe they're capable of this year, they got to course correct quickly after a humbling experience against Highland. I also watched some high school Labette volleyball tip-off. Uh, last week, I went over to Pittsburgh, and I watched a quad with uh, Labette County, Parsons, and Independence, and obviously Pittsburgh as well. Labette County coming off a, an SEK League title, a sub-state title, and a state tournament berth. Uh, we remember last year when Labette County you know, won all its games on a senior night, and then two days later had to beat Independence in a three-set match to win the league, and then two days later won a sub-state tournament at home, and then three days later had to play a state tournament game at home at Altamont, where they lost to Ottawa just, just a blistering run to end their season last fall for the Lubbock County 
Grizzlies, poise, Grizzlies volleyball will. team. They return uh, yeah, that's a whole most, if not every single major contributor now. from like, that fact, team. On our, and they the runaway, the runaway the favorites to win the uh, league title again. And it would have been easy to go into 5A Pittsburgh's house your first match of the year, go 2-1, maybe drop to Independence or drop to Pittsburgh or even drop to Parsons. Go 2-1 and you're probably going to feel good about yourself. Absolutely not. Lebette County Grizzlies, head coach Heather Wilson, Anna Dean on the outside, Lawrence Forbes on another hitter, Shelby Wilson, all-around player. They dominated their competition going 3-0, going three and sweeping Pittsburgh, sweeping Independence. And then they had to go three sets with Parsons. And that was an interesting that was an interesting development on the last match of the night as Parsons went 0-3 during the year. And I want to talk about Parsons in a bit. But, yeah, part, but Labette get, County Volleyball affirming I, that throne and really living up to some preseason expectations yeah, early. And I talked to Heather Wilson earlier. No she to, said no her, her, her team no had to, you know, in the preseason camp, they kind of felt the weight of those expectations. They knew what they were projected to do. They know that they're viewed as the top dog in the SEK right now. They know that they are expected to be one of the best four teams in the state right now. They're not ranked by the Kansas Volleyball Coaches Association. And I think that's an omission. I think so they're. DJ, I, I think a good ranking for them is about seven or eight like right now out of the top ten. Years. But for them not to be in there, a team that made state last year and returns virtually everybody, that's an omission. But you know, Lavette County volleyball looking good in that season opening quad at Pittsburgh, and now they don't play till this Saturday, so they've got a week to to feel good about themselves and find change some things. And the Grizzlies looking good early, but Parsons volleyball was an interesting development for me. First, let me start off by saying I think independence of is not going to be where they were a year ago. You remember, so I mentioned a couple minutes ago that Lebette County had to beat Independence um, in a three-set match to win the SEK League title. Well, had Independence won that match, Independence would have been SEK League champions last year. So Independence was right on pace with Lebette County last year. The two ended up playing in that sub-state championship a couple days later. Well, now, but then Parsons, but Independence did not look like the same Independence um, against Lebette County. They, they, they uh, that was their first match so now, of, the, of the year this year, that up, first match at you, Pittsburgh. I thought Parsons would have like gone in there. Is, Based on what I saw in the first it, match, and I understand that is a small sample size, and even that whole night is a small sample size for how this season will unfold. Watching Independence play, watching how Parsons played against Pittsburgh in their first match, they lost in two sets. I thought, I think Parsons is going to get this win over Independence, and then they might give Lebette County some problems. Like Instead, Parsons, a team that won nine matches last year, yeah. losing season, but they, they, they got, got a win over at Independence at I'm one point last year. And, and it was a team <laughs> that had only won one match the year prior. So they go from one to nine and re again, and a team that returns the core of a team that saw a lot of improvement. You're thinking, okay, Parsons is going to see some upward trajectory this year, similar to that volleyball, that they're going to be a much improved program. That They have some very quality talent, Cedar Brianna Patterson, and I him and you throw in Jemiah Kendrick, you throw in the return of Kirsten Howe, and you're thinking, all right, Parsons uh, Volleyball, they might be looking good this year. They go 0-3 at Pittsburgh. They lose to Pittsburgh. They lose to Independence, both in two sets. And then they push Lebette County to a third set, but end up falling. And, you know, talking to head coach Brooke Hopper after the match, she said that, how tonight went going on three is not going to be an indicator of how our season goes. But how we played against Lebanon County, that'll be an indicator of our season. A team feeling positive about itself, feeling like they have some momentum. They got to make some quick course corrections. But I have, you know, I see 
a lot of well, I, mean, I see a lot of promise for, for that Parsons volleyball team, and I, I think they can make some noise. Uh, we're gonna go to a quick break here on KOKC here on the War Room. Uh, don't go anywhere. When we come back, I want to discuss some sense data with you, how that might affect. Uh, high school sports in Kansas like and then some other done. things certainly um, as we head into the week. You see uh, don't go anywhere. IGN. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. Yeah. of that millennial age where he's too Welcome back to the War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, yeah, Sean Fry. Uh, as I mentioned on. at the uh, I like that, at the A segment of the show, one thing I want to talk about the lead off B segment is how the U.S. Census data from 2020, which was just released within the last month or so by the country, I wanted to look at the census data throughout Kansas and determine how that might affect High Stop school athletics in the state of Kansas of going Sorry, forward. Like, uh, so last Apple week, uh, uh, I finished up oh, work Android. at one point at the okay, sun. Well, I, I finished up around so I, I, nine nine thirty. And instead of going back home and getting some sleep, like I probably should, I decided, hey, I'm going to look at this census data. I'm going to spend the next four hours doing some data entry on census data. I'm going to take you through kind of what my process was. What the first thing I did was I went onto the Kesha website and looked at their classifications. For the previous mm-hmm. school year, uh, which is when the and census the was taken, which we're in right now, and look at and literally so just type out every school so by classification: six A, five A, four A, three A, two A, and one A. Every single school, type it out into an Excel spreadsheet and list what classification they were. Then I took that list and cross-referenced it with a list of schools in the state of Kansas by county. And what I did was I I went county by county and wrote out which county each school is in. So obviously, in the county of Lebet, you'll have Parsons High School, Lebet County, Oswego. Topa. Um, in the Ulster County, was you've got Chanute, uh, Erie, St. Yeah, Paul. Uh, I know I'm missing <laughs> one, maybe. But, uh, but I mean, Vegas. You know, that's just an example. <laughs> you, so I wrote out each county that each school uh, was right, in. Real quick, we're gonna get, we're then some more I went to the U.S. Census data well. by county in the state of Kansas and figured out and typed in what percentage either decline or growth at each county in the state of Kansas. I'm okay. Um, experience corner, and type that no, number in with each school. So to give oh, you, yeah, I'll like pull up the spreadsheet that I had that I actually like had typed up, and I will give you the job. first example: Iola High School, uh, a class four a high school in Allen County. Allen County experienced a six point three percent decline in population. So that's just one school. I did it for all three hundred and fifty plus. I just wanted to see what that data showed me, and I'm going to give you my initial observations. And, and maybe draw some conclusions as to what that might mean. I'm also going to be doing some more reporting on this for the Parsons Sun thing that and, like, and talk to some people oh, yeah. uh, that, exactly that, that might have some like, answers to what this ridiculous. all means. And so honestly, a lot of these trends are just something that's been going on already. Some of my initial observations were that 136 schools out of just over 350 reside in counties that experience population growth. And the vast Johnson and Sedgwick counties represent a lot of that. 215 schools reside in counties that experience population decline. Oh, yeah, no, Only I, two goes, 6A schools LeBron? out of 36 oh, yeah, in the state like him or resided in counties with declining population. Those two schools, by the way, were Hutchinson and Liberal. Only seven 5A high schools out of 36 resided in counties with declining population. Among those 5A schools was Pittsburgh, by the way. 
Four A is where you see an interesting split. Twenty four A schools out of thirty six reside in county reside in county county population. That's twenty of thirty six. Sixteen were located in in county that experienced growth. Then you start to see the needle really shift the other way. Forty two three A schools out of sixty four. Fifty one two A schools out of sixty four. And ninety five one A schools out of one hundred and eighteen are all residing in counties that had population. We're already be so, so what players. does that mean? We'll talk about to that me. next. Well, to me, that Brooks, it means Washington, that the lower Fox classifications of schools, so 3A on down, are being heavily affected by declining population. I think that's going to lead to more prominent eight-man and six-man football teams, as well as more schools going co-op with another with other nearby schools uh, to sustain athletic for their community. We're going to those those trends have already been happening. More teams are eight-man now than they were ten years ago, and we're going to see that trend. And within about five many, years, I think we're going to see the introduction of six-man, of sanctioned six-man football. Six-man football does happen right now. I believe about 12 schools in Kansas compete in six-man football, and they're all on the western side of the state. It's going to come to the east. Before long, I think, it, I think a school to look at, two schools to look at for potential six-man football teams, Altoona so Midway and Copa okay High School. I think those two schools are going to gravitate towards six-man before long. Paid for by and I think the introduction of that to the eastern side of the state is an iteration of every style we sell during the annual Labor Day sale going on now. Untucked and Liberal, those two six-day schools are in counties with declining population. Those schools siphon from nearby neighborhoods to keep their numbers up or aren't they hard to and liberal going to be fine the before long. They're all 25% Class 4 off of the to me is the most interesting place. It's the closest so if you to a 50 experienced split the perfect population shirt, growth don't miss percent numbers. off site-wide and store-wide at Untucket. Current population and 16 schools that are in growth. September is National Recovery Month. Uh, how does this affect the class that already has the from second widest range by percentage of school populations? It's a 225% gap between the lowest populated 4A school and the highest populated school. The only bigger gap in any class is class 1A. But that's the, that Recovery is fueled by the fact that there are schools listed in class 1A by Keisha that literally have 10 kids. Um, I don't think there are schools competing in athletics. So, After 100 to me, years of working in, living in, and supporting communities across continue, America, you're going to see more of a polarization. The you're going to see, you know, almost that's an erasure of the quote-unquote middle class in class 4A, whereas you're going to have schools that hover around three to 400, and then you're going to almost almost shoot straight up to the 700, even 800 range. And class 4A is at risk to. To in the next 10 years or so, in my opinion, of really falling into, and you know, at hashtag into a place where oh, so those highest populated schools are just going to dominate. And, and I'm not just talking about the private schools. I'm not just talking about Bishop E.A. I am talking about the Andales, the Pipers. Those are highly populated 4A schools. Those are among the highest hey, populated 4A schools Grace in the state. Gostad. And they're just going to keep dominating and dominating and, like and dominating if they stay in 4A. And schools like Labette County and Parsons and even Chanute and Independence and Coffeyville, they may have some reckoning to do as to what, what you know, how does 4A treat them? And in case has to figure out, do, do we reinstitute a split in 4A? I don't know what the answer might look like, but 4A is going to be really interesting. Ever felt as, as these population trends continue, so as the census tells us. What are you uh, feeling? One other thing I wanted Go to, to jump on uh, before I send you all on your me. merry way. One thing that was interesting to me that popped and up, and I'm going to pull that up here on my web browser real quick, is Again, the news came out that Baylor, uh, Baylor women's basketball are not alone. 
Uh, the Baylor women's hoops team, they're this dropping the lady so hard, uh, from the, the team that makes them. So it's no because longer going to be the Baylor Lady Bears. It's just going to be the it's Baylor Bears. On a summer night. And this it's is a trend of dropping lady and, and dropping, uh, you know, dinner. the Lady Vikings or the Lady Grizzlies or whatever, or the Lady Bears in this case. Uh, that this is why you work the second I, I am job. supportive of. This is why and, you learn to fix things uh, Let me read you a statement so you uh, from the school. Repairs. It said Baylor women's basketball has because solidified itself as one of Baylor's most memories. remarkable and celebrated programs. While the use of Lady Bears is still very much a part of the program's decorated history, in an effort to be help. more consistent with the current we nomenclature of the other. 18 Baylor sports programs, the team will be now referred to simply as the Bears. This evolution is unique in that it creates consistency among Baylor teams while also highlighting the individual sport and contributions of its athletes and coaches. Um, and then I'm reading from an ESPN report. The use of lady with sports teams has been a divisive issue over the years, and many programs have used it in the 1970s. In the early days of women's college athletics, got rid of it somewhat as early as the 80s. The vast majority of colleges no longer use it for any of their women's teams. The only Big 12 women's team that still uses lady as part of its nickname is Texas Tech, which goes by Lady Raiders. Oklahoma State uses cowgirls for its women's teams as the men are the Parsons area weather forecast calls for mostly clear skies. Throw this we get back, down to 65 uh, to degrees for the day break low. Very light breeze um, out and of the this south. Is on by the get ready for another beautiful uh, late day to round out the holiday weekend. Sunny skies for Labor Day, 87 uh, degrees lady for the afternoon high. And again, a very light breeze all throughout the day. Tuesday, we'll warm up to the low 90s with sunny skies. But Wednesday, backing right back off to the low 80s with still plenty of sunshine. Uh, I'm meteorologist Jared Cerello for Variety 93.5 you know, and Fox a, a Sports 106.7. KLKC, Parsons. And, I, and, I, and, you know, they cited a study when you need us, uh, uh, access and a Vanderbilt University lecturer who taught really a class on, J, on race, on gender, and sports. Uh, that professor said, quote, it does seem to be more common in the South. It's built on the history of the gender divide, but now it has to be more of an awareness of gentlemen versus ladies and more awareness on the rules that have have played historically. When I read this, I actually made a decision about in 2015, 2016 to do away with ladies from my recaps in the Parsons Sun. No longer did I refer to teams to Lebec County as the Lady Grizzlies or Parsons as the Lady Vikings uh, or, or anybody. I, and I just did it. I didn't announce it. I didn't put it on Twitter. I didn't write a brief about it. I just started doing it. And no, almost, I don't know if anybody noticed, but I got zero feedback uh, negatively on the issue. And about two years after it, somebody came up to me and there, said, Bobo, you don't use Fox Lady Sports anymore, do you? Sunday, and I was like, no, nah, I got rid of it. I stopped doing it a couple years ago, and they were like, I like Real quick, we got a lot of football to talk to. And that was just a random person in public, by the way. I don't know why I made it 37. Not a minute, not 30 seconds. How much of an affirmation that was the decision I made, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that I believe that normalizing you know, okay. and equalizing just a simple thing like mascot names can be a step forward in progress. We don't need to differentiate between lady and, you know, normal. Why don't we call it, you know, why don't we call it, you know, general, why don't we call them gentlemen Vikings or the or the man Vikings or whatever. You all watched the NBA finals and throughout the playoffs. You know, that differentiation, I just was like, let's just get rid of it. And to me, too, you look at a school like Odette County, the girls' basketball program's been way better than the boys' basketball program since 
because I've been here and I got here in 2014. Pick up that I'm not. They've been way better since then. He's not. So you know, to me, you know, before you want to get the actual. I don't understand the differentiation, especially if it goes against what the current trend is. And that's just a small issue. It may be divisive, but to me, I've been just so you know, if you don't, if you're all up in arms about the lady nickname being done away with in sports. And oh, you live in Parsons, guy. Kansas, or you live in Southeast say, Kansas, just yes, know that, that the Parsons' son hasn't used that said, lady no, moniker for any team for about five years about now, and you haven't said a word. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because you know, he was you calling know, Bobby Portis the You call Bobby Portis the baked beans. That'll do it here on the War Room. Very excited to see what this week looks like. I get to cover some Monday football, and then I'll probably get, and then I get to cover Friday football, and I get to cover things in between. Very fun week ahead of me. Hope everybody's doing well. Stay safe. God bless. Get vaccinated. I can't. 